Welcome to From Heartache to Healing and Hope with your host, Bernadette Winters-Bell, LMSW. This podcast explores the many layers of life through the lens of loss and grief, often with special guests who share their perspectives on this universal yet unique process. These explorations can offer you, the listener, avenues to encourage you to have these conversations with yourself, your family, your community, your world. Hello, I'm Bernadette Winters-Bell, the host of the podcast From Heartache to Healing and Hope. Wait till you hear from today's guest, Suzanne Summers. She's a retired registered nurse. She's a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. So much I learned about this energy work and how it is real, thousands of years old, not voodoo, but really something that could be interesting just to learn for many people. Come and join us on From Heartache to Healing and Hope. See you soon. Hello, this is Bernadette Winters-Bell and my podcast, From Heartache to Healing and Hope. And what an interesting guest I have for all of you in the audience today. Today, I'm introducing you to Suzanne Summers, who has such an interesting background. Suzanne, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Bernadette. Thank you very much. Hello, Beatrice. Glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. And since you know yourself well better than anyone else, would you be so kind as to introduce yourself to my audience? Yes, thank you. I'm Suzanne Summers. I have a uh, Reiki practice currently. I'm a Reiki master teacher for the past 20 some years. I'm also a shamanic practitioner. I trained for that with Michael Harner's Foundation of Shamanic Studies. And it involved uh, three years of intensive training when we met uh, in the old days when we could meet together. We met uh, for three years every six months. And uh, that was a Thanks to Michael Harner, it was a a concentration of shamanic practices that he had discovered from all over the world, from different indigenous people. Wow. I'm also a dedicated bird watcher and uh, a mother of three sons and a retired registered nurse. You got, there you go, quite, quite a history and <laughs> resume here. So let me ask a question. Um, what brought you to become, want to train as, become a Reiki master and then uh, as a shamanic practitioner? My interest in, in uh, Reiki was sparked by um, a desire to do some kind of healing help for primarily for animals at the beginning and I was talking to a woman in a local store we were standing in line at the cash register 
she was telling me that she practiced Reiki and treated uh, her dairy cows and that she had learned from a woman in Binghamton who had a, an active practice of sending Reiki to horses wow. all over the world. So that definitely interested me. And the next day I saw a poster for a Reiki class. So I immediately signed up and that was the beginning of a wonderful course of study over years with with my uh, teacher who was local fortunate for fortunately for me wow. so for people who are perhaps unfamiliar with reiki um what is the voodoo that you do so well <laughs> as some people might think of it so what actually is it <laughs> It, it is thought to be voodoo by many people. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is not voodoo. It's, it's a, an energy work, mm -hmm. an energy practice. Reiki is, the word is a Japanese word. If, if you take it apart into the two syllables, Rei and Ki, translates to universally guided life force energy. Wow. And some people will recognize the second syllable key as uh, relating to chi, mm -hmm. which may be more familiar with uh, people here in the in this country. Um, so the the belief is that Reiki energy is all around us at all times. And when you become a practitioner, your uh, energy centers or chakras are opened up. So you become a channel for this Reiki energy. And it has its own inherent wisdom so that it goes to where it's needed the most, whether it is a physical issue, a mental issue or emotional issue. As the practitioner, I don't need to know what a client needs because the Reiki will go where it's needed the most. That's fascinating. So it's energy work that you're moving energy around in the body. Are you like rubbing bellies or how, how does that happen? It's not so much moving energy as directing it. Mm. It's a, uh, it is hands-on healing, which is of course mentioned in the Bible. And that does seem to help people accept it more readily. Um, right the there are energy centers for example in the palms of your hand so when you put ha hands on another person or around a pot of flowers or on an animal the reiki energy flows through your hands into the recipient and as i said i don't need to know right what 
the, the greatest need is the Reiki will go where it's needed and do its work. Fascinating. So what I'm hearing is that different cultures might have different names for energy or healing. Right, right. But um, could be similar. It's very similar. And, and that's exactly what we learned in the shamanic studies is mm -hmm. that from practices of indigenous people all over the world, who never ever could have been in contact with each other to share their ideas and their beliefs, their practices had incredible similarities. Okay, right. So yes, as you say, their energy work has different names from different cultures, but it's actually very, very, it's simple, but incredibly powerful. And what brought you to the shamanic work? Uh, well, one very practical thing was that my teacher, my local teacher, uh, switched her concentration from Reiki to shamanic work. But more personally, uh, for my story, uh, I realized when working with her that um, shamanic work has a deep foundation in nature. Mm. And uh, despite having some vague interest in various religions, I've never found a belief system that grabbed me until I studied um, shamanic practices. It, it's not a religion, but it's, it provides an incredible connection to the world of spirit. Wow. So for people that are hearing this, and shamanic may sound more voodoo than Reiki did, <laughs> um, how would you describe how it's done or why it's done or when it's done? A shaman, um, a shamanic practitioner, which is what I am. I mean, I, unless I had been brought up in a culture of shamanism, there's no way I could call myself a shaman. But for okay. brevity's sake, um, a shaman always works with the spirits. And once again, it, the shaman is a connection between the plane where the spirits reside and this plane where we reside. And shamans can act as the intermediaries to answer questions, to help heal illnesses, to alleviate pain, um, to help find the keys. Uh, the, the literal um, keys or the keys to the problem? <laughs> both. Oh, okay. <laughs> to find your car keys. To, uh, um, we can work with the uh, weather spirits to 
enhance or alter the weather? Oh, well, let me stop you right there. So it's, it's snowing pretty hard outside right now. It is. It is. And um, my husband has to come back from the Binghamton area at about 5, 530. So if you could get the weather good for around then, I'd be very, very appreciative. <laughs> 5, 530. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so I'm sure it's not as simple as that, of course. Wow. It's very simple. Oh, it's it's very simple. <laughs> really? You know, we've heard of shamans say in different continents, uh, Africa or South America. Um, and the shaman that you studied with, and he was located where? Um, my training took place in Virginia at, at a retreat. The woman who was the primary teacher, uh, um, actually lives in Massachusetts. Uh, one of the participants arranged a trip to Mongolia to work with the shamans there. And I went on that trip. We did work with three actually very young men who were shamans. In Mongolia, the tradition is that the ability to do shamanic work comes through the mothers, the grandmothers. But in their families, there were no girls, there were no females, so the sons were trained. And uh, so we, there were 12 of us who went and we learned, we, we all learned from each other. They learned quite a bit from us and, and vice versa. Interesting that normally it's more matriarchal. Yeah. Uh, to, to go down. Wow. Mm -hmm. I, I, when I was thinking of the ones in Africa and such, I was thinking males. Very interesting. It's uh, often in indigenous cultures, uh, a shaman could be either male or female. If a shaman, a designated shaman did not produce results that the people liked, they were sometimes killed. And they're, the testing that went on the trials that, that one had to pass to be declared a village's shaman were rigorous. Wow. And they're not they a, around. Right. And there, there was a position of huge importance. Yes, that, that I've always understood. Just mm -hmm. amazing. So how in our modern world do you integrate being a shamanic practitioner? I have a, uh, a daily practice of honoring the earth spirits, the seven directions. This is something I do every morning. First thing, the seven directions are the north, east, south, and west, above, below, and within. And I, since the pandemic, I've been doing that every day. Um, and I have found that it has made me much calmer. I've, mm. I, I, I've been able to reduce the amount of anxiety 
surrounding the all the unknowns of life in a pandemic. Right. Um, and I, I believe that it's been a huge help. And I think the benefits, I, I still haven't realized all of them. Mm. Um, I, can, I can also work at a distance for clients um, who have maybe a specific disease or who want to find their uh, helping spirit or they're also known as a power animal. Mm-hmm. And once, once that being is found, uh, um, let's say you have a, uh, a bear as a power animal, you can ask for its help in any issue that you're having. Uh, because this, these spirits are on living on a different plane in a different reality, they need to be asked or else they they can't help. And that's pretty much a key function of um, shamanic practices. You have to ask for help. And then the next piece is to thank them. Mm. So it's very important. Your gratitude, very important. Keep up a good connection. So they're not just reading your mind and doing what you need, right? Unfortunately, no. (laughs) It's simple, but it's not that simple. So does everyone have a power animal? Everyone does. Every animal, every any living being has a power animal or a helping spirit. Um, I have six, eight power animals myself. Sometimes one will leave for a time. I remember uh, early on, I had a snowy owl as a, my first, the first power animal that I had a wonderful connection with. And I remember in a class, it disappeared. I saw it flying away and it was actually, it was heartbreaking because I was so close to it. And it turns out that the one that came to replace the, the owl was a uh, cobra. And I, what hap- what the interpretation was that I needed to be more grounded. And so I got an, an, an a being that lives on the ground, moves wow. on the ground instead of one that could fly and take right. off and be light and airy. And then in, later on, the owl came back. So, oh, when you were grounded enough and could deal with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of people that come into our lives or situations, you know, and uh, some come in for a reason or a season. And there's a whole saying like that. But people uh, come into our lives, we don't know it, um, maybe initially for a particular reason, for us to help them or them to help us. And then they may leave because Mm -hmm. that's finished. And it might be heartbreaking, like you said, uh, that they go, um, but the purpose it was meant for was served. Right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think part of the struggle then is to be grateful for when they were there Mm -hmm. 
of course you're gonna miss them and then be thankful that you had them in your life when they did and they might even come back as opposed right. to um, grieving their loss. And right, yes. Mm -hmm. Grieving is what I do, so this I got. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> wow, this is pretty absolutely fascinating. So how do you find that people, when you start to talk, do you start to talk about it with people? Or are you very selective of who you talk to about it? Well, you know, in the pandemic, there's not too much chatter going on. Uh, I have, I talked to my fellow practitioners uh, on, on the phone, uh, you know, and became very close friends with several of them. Mm -hmm. So we can talk amongst ourselves. It, it's somewhat of a specialized interest. <laughs> so, you know, at the grocery store, not too many people say to me, oh, I heard you're a shamanic practitioner. Would you, uh, would you help me find my power animal? I mean, I would love it if that happened, but. Uh, but generally topic... you don't need them in the produce aisle to find the power animal. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. And also, I can imagine that some people would think that that's hooey and not yes. give it um, a lot of weight. Um, However, I think during this pandemic, people have had more time to be introspective and they are more interested in, in energy work. Mm -hmm. And some of some of my um, colleagues have found that distant work with clients wor works as well as or sometimes better than in-person work. I'm not sure why it might be that powerful, but that's what they've found. And with both Reiki and and shamanic practices, because they involve energy, there's no physical boundaries that, that, that come up. Like I could send a Reiki treatment to my son in California um, with, with sim very simply, or I could send, uh, I could search for a power animal for someone who's like, lives at the north end of the lake mm -hmm. and also they can it can be set ahead especially reiki can be set ahead so that if you have a dentist appointment that's my favorite uh, example if you have a dentist appointment coming up next thursday at one o'clock reiki energy can be sent ahead so it sits there and waits like a little battery wow one o'clock and when you arrive boom you have all this wonderful energetic help to get you through the dentist appointment i just love it you know i'm thinking that um in thinking of say prayer as energy going out there and people are more accepting and familiar with prayer uh -huh. prayer may be to what they see as a god or another entity or to a saint. Um, but in essence, it's a message going from their heart, their spirit to someone else's. 
And that's right. the energy taking it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't sound so strange when it's it's put into that context because it is all energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I say and to people I, that um, does love exist? Yeah, sure. And guilt exists, or you know, a couple of different examples. And then I'll say, okay, you can show me this teacup. Okay, show me love. Not an example of love. Not one of these but love, which you can't do. Right. But that doesn't mean it doesn't exist because you already know it exists. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that emotion with the energy it char- it's, it's charged with can be sent to different places. Yeah, it makes, it becomes more familiar perhaps for people when hearing right. that, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, how interesting. I love that it's- it can be sent ahead. You can yeah. You could have a calendar and send it all out. <laughs> yeah, and right also send it behind, send it back to the past to heal episodes, events, relationships in the past. Mm-hmm. It's your the key thing is your intention. So is that similar to if uh, a person is thinking about um, a, a difficult situation that was in the past? and they decide to forgive, in other words, let go of it, not hold on to it in their heart. Mm-hmm. Is that similar to Reiki energy or shamanic energy going in the past to heal it? Sure, sure. Yeah, this, wow. this practice would help concentrate that intention. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm loving this. <laughs> I remember, I believe it was you, uh, we were talking about that I have about, I don't know, seven or eight, no, not power animals. Um, I don't know, I think of them as guardians. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the actual term is. Um, but it did help me to understand why when I walk in a room, I know I have a presence. Well, now I know I'm walking in with my posse, so no wonder I have a presence, you know? <laughs> but when you said that I could send it ahead, like I could send somebody, not somebody specific, ahead to like make the environment at home calmer, say. Yes. I was like, wow, this is great stuff. I never thought of that particular thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So are those my spirit guides? Well, could be, I mean, it, it's sort of lin, a logist, logistic issue. They're your spirit guides, they're your power animals, they're your compassionate helping spirits, whatever you term you prefer. Oh, okay. All right. It's all the same. Okay. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. How fascinating is this? And I do think, you know, I often ask people how they doing during the pandemic, but you've already explained how this um, evolved into um, maybe a higher level practice that people are able to receive more. Um, Now, Mm -hmm. do people need to know that you're sending them these kinds of energies ahead of time? Uh, It it helps if if a person, the recipient is in a relaxed state okay uh you know to sit sit quietly lay down 
do nothing else, not be watching television or on their phone, that helps, that helps to concentrate what they're receiving, but it's not a requirement. Right. What is a requirement is that, that the practitioner has permission to do that. Ah. I can't say, oh, I know, I know Mrs. X is sick and decide that I'm going to send her energy with, I can't do that unless I have my, her permission. The difference is when you work without permission, that's the voodoo. Oh, that makes so much sense mm. because it's like giving someone advice that they didn't ask for it and don't necessarily yeah. want it. So you, right. even after, even if you're coming from a good place and the same with you, you're not going to send the energies if they're not aware and have accepted it. Right. And I love how that honors um, the humanity of each per a person to say, uh -huh. mm -hmm. if you accept this and want this, then this I can give to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not just you're going to yeah. get it and it's going to help you. And I don't care <laughs> if you want it or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's absolutely <laughs> terrific. So where do you go from here with this? Are there different levels to achieve or? Uh, it, I would like to uh, be able to travel to, uh, well, um, north of Mongolia, there are, people call the Samis, S-A-M-I, that um, where the, for the only area in the world, shamanism is, is their national, let's say, religion. Mm -hmm. And when I was in Mongolia, one of our interpreters who was Mongolian herself said to me, you're you have Sami origins. She said the shape of your nose, that your forehead, your general build, it's, it's pure Sami. I had never heard of Sami before. No, you know, if you were Irish or German, right, right. Or, right Italian, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Yeah. So, so those folks, um, you know, before they lose their indigenous practices, before they disappear mm -hmm. from the face of the earth, I, I would love to get there and and study with them. Wonderful. Or there are plenty of places, you know, the the Native Americans in the Southwest uh, are very powerful practitioners. There's lots to learn, uh, and I've just started to scratch the surface. Really, I love it. I can see the joy of. of um... <laughs> the work and the excitement to think of what else there is to learn or experience yeah. or all of that, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what gives you hope for the future? Uh, my... Of course, I'm assuming you have hope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have some hope, yes. <laughs> what, what thrills me is to see the ease with which my grandson who is now seven has taken to um mystical practices like drumming um his belief in in 
the invisible world. He is a strong believer in fairies and his, he has a sister now who is three and she'll be, he'll make sure that, that, that she knows what he knows. Um, and, and the ease with which he takes to this gives me a lot of hope. Lovely. Oh, I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> Children are always the future. So if someone wanted to receive a treatment or to speak with you about this, how would they get in touch with you? Um, phone, text, email. Um, and your email is? It's my name. It's Suzanne, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E, Summers, S-U-M-M-E-R-S, at gmail.com. Wonderful. Well, we'll make sure we get all that information um, when the podcast is uh, launched and make sure that it's available to people. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for coming on. This was so interesting. We could talk about this for hours. Of course, we could probably talk <laughs> about anything. We could. <laughs> How yes, wonderful. thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for imparting information that I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't have and for sharing your hope. Thank you for being a guest today on From Heartache to Healing. And You're hope. welcome. Thank you.